If you're studying for the CISSP, CCSP, or CISM certification, you'll probably get a lot of benefit from the WANA Practice app at wanapractice.com. Hundreds of practice questions unavailable anywhere else, all in a simple interactive format, which you can access through any device with a browser. Check out the show notes for a discount code for half off the regular price. Wanna practice? Success and certification is in your hands. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. I'm Matt Snotty. And I'm Rafael Fiedler. And I think Joey is busy turning Japanese. Yes, he's turning Japanese. I really think so. Um, he, Joey's out of the country. He's out of the country. He's fled the hemisphere. Uh, so that gets him a pass from this week's episode. That's okay. We'll, we'll muddle along without him, as, as difficult as it may seem. Um, you know, we, I know we just did a current events episode, but there's some events that are currenter, and I think we should just keep going with that and and uh, sure. uh, talk some more about this stuff. How's that grab y'all? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, um, Matt, do you want to unroll the big one that's kind of affecting a lot of people in our industry and a lot of um, uh, people who are online continually, uh, folks, folks like us with a strong nerding streak, the one that's that's bugging everybody. Uh, you talking about Reddit? Yeah, I'm talking about Reddit. Uh, okay, because <laughs> because I've got a few bigger ones in the in the hopper, but yeah, sure. Let's 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 focus on Reddit. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, Reddit uh, is following suit from like like a lot of um, websites, cloud providers, stuff like that, because uh, APIs are a hot commodity now. Um, APIs being uh, application programming uh, interfaces. Right. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. Sorry, I couldn't <laughs> blank that. And I only know that because I teach that. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> so APIs are like the hooks for third-party applications for other uh, uh, devices for other programs to be able to hook into whatever you know cloud-based software you have, whether it's a website or something else. So these these APIs, these hooks are very popular, uh, not least of which being because a lot of people uh, are training their AIs uh, on uh, via APIs. Um, and so Reddit has decided to start charging money to use their API, much like Twitter does, and I think Facebook does, and I think um, uh, a bunch of other cloud services charge for their APIs now. And, so, and, and it's it's also that they're charging people with their own APIs to get access. So I, I, I want to unroll that. I know my father's going to listen to this episode. So I, I want to really uh, uh, boil this down to its essence. An API allows one system to interact with another system, the same way that a UI, a user interface, allows a person to interact with the system, right? Yep. So an API can be allowed to have a third party access a website and all its material and gain value for that or present value to users. Some users utilize third party APIs to access websites because it gives the user a functionality that the website does not have natively. Is that, yeah. Does that sound right and correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the example, and uh, sorry, Rocky, I'm not letting you speak at all. <laughs> I'll let you in here in just a second. But yeah, the one I think about is like um, uh, media uh, uh, influencers and stuff like that. They have multiple Twitter accounts, uh, Instagram accounts, stuff like that. Well, there are third-party apps that let them manage all these multiple accounts that they have all in one clean interface, and that's all done through an API. So they don't have to go to Twitter, do something, then go to Instagram, do something, then go to Facebook and do something. They have one pane of glass. They can make you know a post or something, and it, it pushes out to all those. That's all done via APIs. So, yeah, that's one. So if one they want to upload a photo, they upload it to the API. Then the API pushes it to all the social media sites. Right. Yeah, using, yeah. using APIs as the vehicle, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so So now Reddit is saying... If you want your API to access our website, you're going to have to give us some money. Mm. As I understand it, yeah. Rocky, you, you may have more insight on this. Okay. So they have charged for it in the past as well, but the rates are going way up. They charge way more than Twitter. 
uh, for for API access, and it's their API they they are giving access to. Um, and I wanted to give maybe a little bit more because we're sort of moving on, and I wanted to stop quickly with what the API allows them and why it's so powerful, and why Reddit in particular, why there is such a huge um, like out uproar about this. Um, the reason partly is that Reddit is fairly old. If you know Hacker News, uh, news.ycombinator.com, that's built on one of the early Reddit um, like code. Um, because, um, the guys who launched Reddit have been Y Combinator, like a Y Combinator startup. And so if you look and they're still available, like you can still go to old.reddit.com and you see the old Reddit, it's completely underneath and it's still, that's works. what I you, use. Yeah. Okay, good. And if you, so, and it's like with the windows issue, sometimes when you configure stuff in windows, you see the old control panel. And sometimes there are even very old Windows icons and Reddit has the same issue just on a web platform. And what those APIs sometimes allow you is pull in from all those different parts of the interface because, because it's like screwed around. Like I have to switch as a moderator, keep on switching between the old and the new because some stuff is only available in the new, some stuff is only available in the old. And what the API does is for those people who are managing subreddits, who are putting free labor in onto the platform to make it easier for them. So what we're talking about, like how pushing and sending photos, this is stuff that's um, of course content as well. But it's user-generated content. It's it's basically them wanting to share this. Um, but okay, okay so so yeah, let, is... let's let me boil that down for a second. Okay. For those of you unfamiliar with Reddit, and I and we did do a Reddit episode, and we also did another episode about Aaron Schwartz, and we talked about the origin of Reddit, among other oh, things. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with Reddit, Reddit is, for lack of a better term, a social media site. But it's a little different than a lot of the others. It's more about uh, posting topic specific material for the most part. Each topic that you can imagine has its own subreddit, which is run by a volunteer moderator or moderators. And that content is um, only um, uh, populated by people interested in that topic. They go to that subreddit, they, they add um, material that it's discussion based and it's threaded. Um, so which is the reason reasons. why the conversation is good, which is the reason why large language models like Reddit so much, because it's structured conversation, moderated structured conversation. Yes. Very valuable. And, and usually, you know, there's there are still spammers and such, and that's always going to be the, the, the case. But because there are so many different subreddits and they get very, very granular, um, quite often, unless the Reddit's big enough, you don't get a lot of interference and a lot of wandering people who come in and say, what are you all talking about? It, it has to do much more with the content specific stuff. Now, Rafti, you are a moderator for Safings subreddit. Three. Oh, you've got three subreddits. You want to say what they are or two of them secret? <laughs> Privacy hardware is one of mine as well. And okay. I recently started uh, being a moderator in our Austria. Oh, 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 very manage, cool. To manage the and kangaroos. you talk about the kangaroos? Exactly, exactly. Okay. No, they have been looking for moderators because it's work. And um, it's it's not an easy task. And for me, because I started off um, like saving, of course, was my first one. But if you know the, your way around, if you know the tools that you actually want to use, you don't have to hunt around for the second, uh, the setting for five minutes and, and do web searches multiple times to figure out where the hell it is you know um okay now now you say it's work i i, I moderate about a half dozen subreddits and it's not okay. much work it's not much work because nobody comes to my subreddit <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> nobody wants to talk to you ben is that what you're correct. saying correct correct and matt you've got uh you've got the one for this show right ssoi oh that's Twitter. some other guy oh okay. <laughs> all right so anyway so so it can be work it it you know sometimes it's easy breezy but it's all done by volunteer. None of us are paid as far as I, yeah. have you paid Rafti? No. And although our Austria, our Austria delivers you a fruit basket, I think once a year. Oh, wow. see, now that's awesome. That's well yeah. worth it. We never get a fruit <laughs> basket for this show. Anyway, um, uh, so here's, so there's a couple of things here. Reddit is making money off of the traffic because Reddit has advertisements built into it. It's it's generating revenue that way. The more people who visit, the more ad impressions, the more money for Reddit. 
And those visitors are also creating the content that draws more visitors. The, whenever you have a conversation, you're logging into the website, you're adding more traffic, you're viewing more ads. So I think your, your issue, what you're saying is, Reddit is now making it more complicated for people who want to automate some of their interactivity, who are doing the work that are driving the traffic, that are building the content for free, now Reddit wants to charge them for that. Is, that's mm -hmm. kind of where you're going with that? That's true. And the second thing is, you know, um, Facebook and Twitter, but especially Facebook, has come into a lot of hot water regarding content moderation. And about like, and especially in the US, like the, I think Zuckerberg spoke in front of the Senate about this, uh, Twitter as well and stuff like that. There's a lot of controversy. This, this is a really good, this is a really good current this. event. This is a very good yeah, current yeah. event because Zuckerberg just gave an interview uh, last week where, okay. where he admitted that not only was Facebook, much like Twitter, censoring COVID information during the COVID outbreak on request of authorities, but that they were getting it wrong. That quite often the material that they were censoring was people who were telling the truth in favor of promoting lies. Um, so yes, ex you're exactly correct uh, about- And they, they should air sometimes because of automation. So what they usually have to do is, um, is like have um, not automation, but moderation by people. Because well, they've, this is they've also smarter. run- They've also run into problems where the people they've selected for moderators. Okay, are maybe biased. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that what you're saying, like with the subreddits, it's like each subreddit is always created by a moderator. It always has to have at least a moderator. And people usually come there for the content. And so it's much more like as a community self-moderating as well. Um, usually the communities start hating on moderators after a while. Uh, but what happened now is, of course, moderators showing showing the power, um, and I think we'll come to that in a second. But I, I I feel like Reddit has been kept out of the whole moderation discussion because so much free labor has been in there. You know, um, they haven't been like there were no investigations into how much is Reddit paying their moderators because they're paying them nothing um, uh, because they want to do it for free, and and this is the absurd part. And now they're saying, well, but now we want to charge you for moderating because you're like using our APIs, and this is where everything goes south. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. And and on top of that, like you were saying, um, some of the prices are insanely exorbitant. Like um, uh, I, I saw one, and again, I don't know the veracity of this, this is all unverified, um, but they want to charge, there, there's one provider they want to charge 20 million a year. Yeah. Um, now, now I, I have to imagine that some of these third-party apps connecting through the APIs are stripping out ads, which harms Reddit in two ways. One, it's non-revenue generating traffic for Reddit, and it's giving free access to their material. So Reddit's kind of paying for someone to use their website and not getting value for it. I guess I can understand Reddit's perspective on that. Um, and if there's enough people using a third-party app that Reddit's losing a potential 20 million, then it makes sense to charge 20 million for that app to have access. I think that's pretty unlikely. That'd be a lot of ads. I don't know how many ads you have to show to generate $20 million a year, but um, but I can understand their perspective. Well, yeah, and I think it's it's less about the ads and more about, as as Rafi was mentioning, these these large language models that are training their AIs on Reddit content. So they're downloading gigs, if not terabytes worth of, of content and for free, essentially, or for a very, very low cost. And Reddit and, and similarly Twitter and some of these other uh, cloud-based services have all taken the stance of, okay, that's fine. If you want to train your AI on our content, cool, except for you've got to pay for it because <laughs> it's our content and it's, it's got a lot of value to it. And does that seem reasonable? I mean, because the AI, once it gets trained up, is going to have some value if it can learn something from reddit's content um, exactly. it, it, it makes sense for reddit to charge because basically yeah. they're making derivative products from reddit's ip right 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 yeah and i don't know what chat gpt is worth or uh, it's it's holding company but I'm, I'm sure it's probably worth in the billions of dollars at this point so yeah so a company like that paying 20 million a year for instance to to reddit 
seems like a drop in the bucket <laughs> if the if the quality of their AI is is that much better because because of the content that it drained off of, off of Reddit. Yeah. 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 So just a comparison pulling from our Apollo. So the app I have been using as well, the guy who said the twenty who said those twenty millions, he says um the twenty millions are for twenty-four cents um for a thousand API calls. Um and uh, this for a whole year would cost him two million dollars um per month, which would be about like twenty million per year, is what he claims. Um, this is where the, the 20 million number comes from. And what he said is um, in comparison, so between per month, the 2 million now uh, for Twitter, the same amount of API calls. Uh, and I did not do the math. I'm just reading from his post on our Apollo app. As I said, um, it says 12,000. So the factor is like insane. It's uh, between. Yeah. 24 cents is really high uh, because yeah. having run a website and having used it for ad impressions to generate revenue <laughs> you don't get 24 cents from your advertiser for every time their ad is shown that just that that's that is orders of magnitude beyond what anyone's paying usually it's 0 0.01 or 0 0.02 cents per impression and then maybe 0 0.05 per click if someone actually clicks on that Ad. Well, yeah, and Rafi um, said that was per thousand calls. So twenty-four cents per thousand. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. Of course, that's you don't not know how many. That's not untoward. I, you know, I, I honestly, that makes Twitter very. If Twitter's only twelve thousand, if it, you know, that makes Twitter very, uh, reasonably priced, very cheap. <laughs> but Which but of course 24, is twenty-four yeah. cents per thousand is not a lot. I uh, my Twitter app is dead as well. You know, so um, Tweetbot closed shop um for the twelve thousand uh price and of course apollo now is closing shop for the two million um for a month of like um just api calls but of course you don't know how much like calls you have to do for one basically refresh poll um what is it pinging how often is it pinging it and stuff like that because every time your app tries to check for a new message in your inbox is an api call as well even though there's no information to to get from you know and stuff like that so i don't know maybe he could reduce everything but then the app would suck of course because i like that i get notified for a new message fairly on time you know yeah um, but on the other hand reddit's not a charity and it doesn't exist to no, of course. you know th there is a cost of hosting I, you know i don't want to talk out of school um but i'm paying to host want to practice the, the practice app that we have for the, the questions for the wannabea material. And the monthly AWS cost is significant. Now, even though I'm generating revenue to offset some of those costs because I'm selling memberships and access, there's still that significant cost. If people don't subscribe for a month or we sell two month subscriptions, let's say everybody subscribed in January and they don't renew until March, I'm paying for all the hosting costs in February, and I don't get to take a month off and tell AWS, hey, can you just hold me for a month till they resubscribe again? Um, so I, I totally understand that. Reddit's not in the business of handing out free stuff. Um, and if the APIs are consuming Reddit resources at that volume, where 24 cents per thousand impressions equates to 20 million a year, then yeah, screw them. I mean, I'm sorry they're using reddit a lot more than human beings are using reddit and therefore they they kind of owe that money i'm really on the side of reddit all of a sudden which i did not expect to do at the beginning of this episode <laughs> no and it's it's fine of course and what um the reaction was and i don't know if we want to go into that now but the moderators um decided well if they take away the tools that we want uh, we put all our subreddits into private and nobody can post on our subreddits anymore. Yeah, they're calling so, it a blackout. And, exactly. and, and, and this is strictly voluntary. Again, all of the subreddits are run by voluntary moderators or moderators who are volunteers. Uh, and some have said, we're going to lock up our shop. We're going to take our toys and go home. Um, and some have said, we're going to do it for two days. Some have said, we're going to do it for a week. And this is... I don't know about your experience, you know, you two, but I have seen it as very haphazard in its application. There's many moderators of many subreddits who are still leaving theirs open and why all my subreddits are still active. 
Um, I haven't yeah. shut anything down. There are others who blank themselves out pretty effectively. Hey, what's your experience been here? Yeah, my experience was uh, it's, it's actually made Reddit a more interesting experience because now I'm getting access or, or getting recommendations for a lot of other subreddits that I would never even have seen that, that are still open because all of a sudden Reddit's you know, basically, yeah, I guess the, the management of Reddit said, okay, well, if, this, if, if all these big subreddits are going to close, we're going to start pushing all these other smaller ones and getting more more engagement, more interaction. So, yeah, I've gotten, uh, uh, I found the uh, r slash Ghostbusters got pushed on me the other day. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't even care. I, I've, I've seen Ghostbusters, but all of a sudden, I didn't know there was a whole subreddit on it. But nonetheless, it wants me to engage. Where do you get recommendations from? Is it front, uh, you go to the front page and, and yeah, you go yeah, through yeah. the, okay, okay. Yeah, front page. So, yeah, interspersed with all of your other subreddits that you're subscribed to. Oh, you might, you may uh, like this one or this one is similar to this other one that, uh, so, like, I'm on the UFOs one because of last week's. <laughs> I've been reading all the UFO stuff, which is actually a really good subreddit because there's a lot of skepticism, and I love it. Um, but then it started recommending uh, ghosts to me, and I'm like, no, okay, ghosts is a is a bridge too far. I, I, I'm not interested in ghosts. <laughs> and you know, I I very often with those basically always click on the three dots. And then click on hide and then often click on mute subreddit as well yeah, because yeah. i'm just like and so my sub my reddit is a wasteland at this point i get Does only it... recommended crap at the moment and because all the ones i'd like our programming humor for instance and everything is gone Sa safing is still open um i ping i i pinged a post on top and said well uh, we're not i'm not checking reddit because everything that i liked is gone uh, I'm not going on it and searching for stuff like apparently Matt is doing, <laughs> checking out our Ghostbusters, um, but I'm not. And so I just take take the time off and, and said, well, give me suggestions. Where should Safing go? Um, mm -hmm. yeah. you, are you looking at alternate platforms? Not now. No. Okay. Not okay. actively. Okay. Um, we, just, we just added Mastodon to our list of social media stuff we do. I'm not, I'm not going to add another one, yet another one, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think Reddit's kind of counting on that. Now, none of these sites have a monopoly. So there, you know, if there isn't Twitter, there's Reddit. If there isn't Reddit, there's Facebook. If there, you know, and, and, and new ones are coming up all the time. I mean, I, I don't know how you feel. I kind of feel like TikTok just exploded overnight. Like, like one minute it wasn't there, and then one minute it's the biggest thing in the world, right? Yeah, uh, I still don't have an Instagram account. Okay, so I mean, you know, in terms of these, none of them are monopolies, and all of them are somewhat portable in terms of their user base. But you get an entrenched community who feels good about where they at, and they've built some sort of camaraderie. They want to stay together, and they want to feel cohesive. They feel a little bit betrayed by the fact that Reddit's changing the rules on the fly. But hey, it's the internet. You know, I, I I remember getting online through CompuServe and Prodigy and, you know, it's a whole different, it, it's never going to be the same for more than 10 years, kids. It's just not the way yeah. it's going to be. Um, yeah, even the uh, chat discussion board that you ran back in the early 2000s where you and I communicated quite a bit, it's 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 long gone. Um, and But it's time came and it's time went. So, yeah. It's... And it was amazing. I mean, and that board, even though it was a very small insular community, forged strong friendships, business associates, romances. I mean, there were, you know, in among that community, there were some very, very deep ties and, and still continue to this day. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Interesting. Thank you. That was a really good one. Uh, Rafti, did you have uh, a uh, current event that you wanted to bring up? You, you want to move on? I wanted to quickly maybe add something. <laughs> oh, go, no, go, yeah, no, shit, okay. go for it. <laughs> no, I, I sort of like, because you said like you, you're rooting for Reddit at this point. And I sort of understand from my perspective, it's just like, uh, and I, I absolutely agree. They are allowed to do that. But what I, what I, and I don't like um, to sort of like just create a bandwagon everybody should hop on. But what I would want, would have wanted them to understand is, um, what value those third-party apps were bringing to the table? It was not just removing ads and stuff like that. You could do that differently. And I've been, I'm, uh, I have been a Reddit premium subscriber for for a very long time at this point. I don't know if it has been years already, but I think it has been years. Um, 
because I hate ads and I, I sort of like, uh, of course, like Portmaster's blocking ads as well. But um, I see that I, I don't want just to be a leecher. I want them to to have some some money in return, of course. And I think it's for them even better if I pay for it monthly. So it was for me mainly a way to interact with Reddit because their tools are crap. And um, sort of like what I would want them to sort of understand and take away from this is that their app is not good and that um, their like uh, moderator stuff is not good and they should update it. Uh, yes. And maybe that yeah. the, the moderators would be there. And and if they do stuff like that, they should make their stuff more attractive. Um, and I think uh, you as somebody who likes free market, I think it's it's a good thing. Like, um, under, like they need to understand that if they provide a crappy experience, they go somewhere else. And if they sort of like use their market position to block that other thing, Apparently, theirs is so crap that people just go. That for them, it's easier to go than to try to adapt to their crappy, and that that that, that it's not enough value for them there. Oh, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you there. Yeah, if if Reddit can't stay current on the things that people enjoy, Reddit will go away. And and you know, it's just as true what I said for users, where the. Uh, uh, experience isn't going to stay the same for 10 years. That's also true for companies. Your user community won't stay the same for 10 years, and you got to stay with the times. And if you can't keep up, then license an API and do a revenue share with them or something along those lines. Um, I, I, I totally see that. And, and I could see that as um, uh, developer as a service, where if the IP holder farms out the development to the open source community and lets them build the tools to interact, they should share. Um, but likewise, the developers need to share the pain of the hosting costs too. I mean, again, it's it, it's a two-way street. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm still not disagreeing with you. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, you got another one. Now are we ready to move on, Rafti? Sure, 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 sure. No, I just want to quickly said that like if somebody's listening, please make your stuff better before cutting off others, you know. <laughs> In other words, make the first party tools better than the third party tools. Exactly. Or license the third party tools. If you're hemorrhaging money, sometimes you're not in the position yeah. to go and, and make yeah. better stuff. Yeah. Buy it. Buy yeah. the application if you like it so much, you know? <laughs> um, all right. So do you have do you have another current event? Me? No. Sorry. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go uh, with our theme from last week. I was talking about pending legislation. We got another one in the U.S. This one's being proposed by U.S. Congress, the Protecting Kids on Social Media Act. Now. That doesn't spell anything fun. It needs to spell something fun. <laughs> oh, the Picasso. Yeah. Uh, um, now, just from the title. Uh, it pretty much comes out and says, we're doing this for the deity. For the kids, yep. Can you guess what the stipulations of the Protecting Kids and Social Media Act are? I'm betting it has some sort of age verification component. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yep. Um, ch yeah. Click this box to, to prove that you're over 18. Click all the bicycles and the crosswalks to prove that you're over 18. <laughs> and if they're under, uh, if they're under 18, not only do they have to demonstrate their age, they have to demonstrate parental consent. And anyone under 13 is completely barred. Hmm. So this is just, this is like getting your temps license for, for driving the internet. Right. Age 14 to 18, you're, you're limited in what you can and cannot do. So you got your training wheels on. And, and here's the best part. And by best, I mean shittiest. Um, the bill proposes, and if any time there's a law that suggests what innovations should be added to technology, it's a crappy, crappy law. The bill proposes an approach that content providers could use. They're suggesting that the US federal government create a clearinghouse of identities for individuals. 
so that individuals can register with the federal government. Then if an individual wants to get access to a website or a forum or whatever, some, some social media app, the app can interrogate the federal government, say, is this individual of age? And the federal government will say, yes, and that's all you need to know. That way, the social media site would not have all the privacy data belonging to the individual. It would only be the province of the federal government. So the federal mm -hmm. government would keep your privacy safe. How's that? Sound? Sounds like a great idea. The The federal government's already got a huge database of every uh uh, citizen <laughs> that has a social security number or has ever paid taxes or has a mailing address or a phone number. Why do they need yet another database? And how on earth is it possibly going to be kept current, be, be useful? <laughs> I, I, Matt, I think you're missing the point. The, the bill suggests that this will be managed by the Department of Commerce. And we all know Oh. How effective the Department of Commerce is, how, how, you know, what crack efficiency they operate with and, and how expert they are at managing the Internet, right? right? Yeah, you know, my, my, my favorite detective shows are the ones where the detectives are from the Department of Commerce and they burst <laughs> into a warehouse, with their badges and their guns. <laughs> Hands up. We're enforcing the tariffs. Everybody freeze. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just, I can't understand our lawmakers sometimes. Um, they, they really believe there's a problem they need to fix. They really believe they're the ones who can fix it. <laughs> and they're ignorant of all of the things that are wrong about their solution, their proposed solution. Um, uh, ha has the U.S. federal government ever had a data breach that resulted in the loss of a lot of privacy data belonging to American citizens? Has that ever occurred? Are you being facetious? Because I actually don't know. Have they? I'm sure they oh, have. Oh, 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 yeah, dozens. Um, okay. So <laughs> the big, the big ones that I'm familiar with, there were two uh, breaches, uh, and a breach is a strong term. The Veterans Administration. Um, mm -hmm. There was one in the early 2000s. A contractor took a laptop and external hard drive home and lost hundreds of millions of veteran records to include name, rank, social security number or service number, uh, home address and medical condition status. Um, and then there was the Office of Management and Budget, or I'm sorry, oh no, it was OPM, Office of Personnel uh, Management. Um, they lost all of the SF-86s, Special Form 86, which is the clearance background application for you to get a security clearance in the U.S. government. Oh, so That's the privacy simple. data of the people who have secret or top secret or SCI clearances, that's what they lost, is those people's privacy data. Uh, hundreds of millions of those. The IRS has had a couple of similar breaches. So, yes, this goes on and on and on. When the federal government says, trust us, what they're saying is, ignore all the times we fucked up in the past. <laughs> and, of course, was... you're saying, like, the database in itself, like, they know how old you are. They should know how old you are. And storing that information in, in yet another place, of course, has its own security implications. But, of course, you're saying, like, them getting pinged, well... They're trying to access that web service. Um, are they old enough for this web service? And this information you're scared about of being like then recorded and then potentially leaked because of course they will record it. Or I, I guess this is the assumption here, isn't it? Like that they want to know how often you, you visit this. So not only will the federal government have all my personal data, now they'll know which websites I've applied to and are frequenting, right? Yeah, exactly. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not them having the data and having it updated. It's about them um, getting to know what websites. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. I don't like that either. I don't like it, that either. And I think this is very much in the mold of what both the UK and France have done very recently, where they've um, they've instituted these policies. They've made laws very similar to this which require websites to authenticate age, ostensibly to protect the children. Um, but what, what it ends up inevitably happening is you disenfranchise a lot of uh, users, a lot of citizens who don't want to have their privacy data stored or associated with certain usages. And you um, also 
disenchant a lot of service providers who don't want to store PII belonging to their users for many different reasons. One is the security risk. Another is they don't want to put their users in that position and some of their users aren't going to share that. And, and this does nothing good for anybody and it doesn't protect the children. Yeah, that's the bigger overarching thing. It won't work. It doesn't matter what. <laughs> doesn't matter what you do. It's not going to work. So why even bother? <laughs> it's going to make a handful of companies a lot of money, and then it's going to quietly die and, and no one will ever hear of it again. I, I think you've, I think you've stumbled across 1 of the reasons for the federal government or for the US Congress. Uh, um, oh, to uh, enrich uh, a handful of companies and then quietly. <laughs> yeah, go yeah. Away. they make all yeah. the money. <laughs> I think that's their business model. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. How do I get on, in on that? <laughs> oh, you and me both, brother. Uh, all right. Uh, go ahead, Matt. You got another current event? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll try to keep this one short and sweet. Um, if you are a company, organization, or user of the Barracuda Networks, uh, which is a vendor um, that provides security appliances, in particular, in this case, for email gateways. In other words, if you're running a self-hosted email server, and you want to block spam and attackers and stuff like that, you typically put in a, a gateway in front of that in before it touches the internet, keeps out all the bad stuff, lets in all the good stuff. Barracuda makes one, uh, or actually a whole line of these uh, email gateways. And the Barracuda Networks has now come out this week or last week and said, by the way, um, if you have one of our gateways, um, you need to decommission it immediately because it has a zero day flaw that we cannot patch. So that really makes you feel good when a security vendor says, oh, we can no longer secure your stuff. So just rip it out and buy buy the, the newer one that we're offering right now because it's... Uh, it's oh, it's they're possible. not offering a free replacement? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> as, as of right now, no. They are, they, they are in discussions about possibly uh, subsidizing replacing it, but they are not offering free direct replacements now. So let me see if I understand this correctly. Our product has failed in its single purpose. The only reason I have one of these is to protect myself and it can no longer do that. It can't do that. And therefore you want me to buy a new one from you. Yes. Huh. That is the stance that Barracuda is taking. Now, uh, in there- in Are they members of Congress? I, I'm trying to gauge <laughs> how stupid these people are. In their defense, uh, they are being more or less, as, as most companies are, more or less transparent. They're not 100% transparent. They're not 100% opaque. Uh, but they did, apparently this vulnerability has been known about since May. They've attempted to patch it multiple times over the past uh, six or eight weeks or something like that. And then they finally just came out and said, look, there, there's no way we can patch this. This is way too low level. So uh, we're just going to recommend rip and replace. Now, Barracuda has been around for a long time, and and yep. they the way I remember them being marketed, at least the first time they came to my attention, they were an anti-spam filter. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's essentially what these are as well. Okay. In, in addition um, to you know, the, uh, yeah, the the base layer is yeah anti-spam. Okay. Um, and they're they're, they're terrible. <laughs> I've I've used Barracuda products. They, they you want to talk about a company that hasn't kept up with the times. Their stuff, uh, it's it's not. It, it, it hasn't for a long time. I've saw, I've long since moved on from it, but uh, I have had experiences with it over the past couple of decades. And, and I'm going to guess. I mean, you mentioned to the, this to me earlier this week, uh, and strangely enough, I heard it from somebody else who's as, almost as trusted in IT as I trust you. Um, we're, none of my clients are going to have posted email anymore. It's it's pointless. It's dangerous. It, it There's no way to maintain it properly. It makes no sense and it's not cost effective. Well, um, yeah, by, by hosted, you mean, well, yeah, by hosted, you mean on-premises email, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because I call hosted email <laughs> when somebody else hosted in the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. My bad. Yes. Okay. But, but, yeah, yeah. but go ahead. You what, what you're saying is, for someone to own a machine as an email server and host their own email, as opposed to contract with an external party and yeah. allow that external party to host the email server somewhere in the cloud or away from whoever it is, uh, it, it makes no sense. Is that is that correct? Yeah, that's that, and and I it, it could probably be argued that it 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 could make sense in certain edge cases, but yeah, for the vast majority of my clients, yeah, it no longer makes sense, and I decommissioned my last. 
Microsoft Exchange server earlier this year. Uh, so I no longer have any clients running on-prem email servers. So, and I'm so, it's it's a weight lifted off my shoulders because those things were getting attacked constantly. And it's and not it was, cost effective. Yeah, yeah. And and Microsoft didn't want it to be cost effective. They've, they've slowly increased the, the price of their email software and their licensing and all that kind of stuff. But Microsoft wanted everybody to go to Office 365 anyway. Um, so it was kind of a win-win. Um, yeah, now these clients are on the hook for, you know, uh, whatever the monthly subscription cost is and all that stuff, but, um, but it still probably is a lot cheaper and scales better yeah, than yeah, exactly. having your own box. And, and overarchingly, it is vastly more secure. It, that vector into an internal network is no longer there. So, yeah, yeah I've, been, I've been a proponent of that for a long time. Go ahead, Rati. Yeah, of course you, you need to trust that internet, like that email provider, because yeah, they, of course, course, like more secure but they have access now to all the emails as well. So, yes. but, but they also have the expertise and the team that at scale, I could never provide as an individual owner of an individual box. I mean, I, I just am never gonna have that, that level of, of resources to put forward to securing email, right? Right. Absolutely. But, you know, like with um, all the stuff that's been come out, like uh, of Tesla and them sharing videos and stuff, you know, how much like sensitive stuff is sent via email, of course, as well. And I think the last like revelation about some employee reading email emails they should not have read is quite some time back. But um, yeah, like in recent days, so much information has been like uh, okay and stuff it, you know, and somebody it. said this about twitter about three weeks ago and i got yeah. a little i got in a kerfuffle discussion there my okay. answer is always going to be the same thing and this is going to sound funny coming from me and our my perspective here rafti if you're putting private information on the internet you're a fucking idiot <laughs> no and i understand but you don't always control what's coming in your inbox okay you know? Right. Anyone who's dumb enough to send you something sensitive via email is not someone you should be doing business with anyway. Or no, but... you should or you should educate your vendors and customers and you know, you need to take that extra step. But how many people think that just because nobody has the password to their email, nobody can look at their email? You know, how many people think that? It's like and I mean, more and more email is now encrypted in, in uh, transport uh, because of like HTTPS, email server to email server communication, not you, your browser to the email service, because that has been the case for a long time, but email server to email server. Uh, but it, you, of course, don't control that. Your email can no. still be a postcard. Yeah, and that's, everybody... point, that's point to point instead of end to end encryption. Yes, yeah. you are correct. And, and like at that. the end I'm of the day, so many people and... don't know that. And at the end of the day, the email vendor is always going to have access to your email. I mean, that's just yep. the nature of the beast. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anyone has ever said emails nice and safe. Put all the secret information in that. That's, yeah. just, that's not a thing. Um, now, do we need a better campaign to make people aware and educate? Sure. But that's down on the, the list next... of a million other things we want users to be doing. Uh, in the meantime, yes, people are going to relearn that painful lesson over and over again, just like we don't teach kids, hey, don't drive the car into the wall. We kind of hope that they won't drive the car into the wall, you know? <laughs> but that's the thing, like with physical stuff, you see it better, you see it clearer, you understand it easier. But I think like, for instance, like um, my my younger sister, she's not 20 at this point. Um, she's quite the younger than me she does not know about email and that it's not secure and stuff and when i tell her use those messaging stuff and for her the the difference is not that clear you know like if she uses signal which is end-to-end -end encrypted or email the one like looks more yeah, yes but, but Rafi, your sister's secure. not yet 20 what the hell does she have a value to lose but still, I'm just like you're saying, it's like not driving into a wall. I think the younger uh, generation needs to be educated in that regard. And I don't think, I don't see it, uh, schools in Austria doing it, you know? It oh, yeah, schools, yeah, school's never going to be good at this. School's not good at anything useful. <laughs> yeah, but see, geometry and, you know, yeah. And this is the reason why we need to talk about it still. Okay, still we, we're talking about it. And our three <laughs> listeners now know better.
Very good. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Now, on this same vein, and thank you for bringing this. The, that's fascinating. Uh, and, and I think it's safe to say, Matt, our official TSSOI position should be don't buy Barracuda, right? Just go <laughs> throw it away. Don't yeah. buy any more. Yeah. Okay. And if you want to listen to Rofty, don't ever send an email either. Don't ever send an email. Don't receive an email. Don't type an email. Go hide in the closet. Your... Pull the covers <laughs> in over you. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I got one final one here. We can make this a short episode. Um, Rofty, you probably don't know what the FTC is. Matt, do you? I do. You do? Of course. The Federal Trade Commission. Oh, there you How go. the hell do you know that? <laughs> I, I know what the FCC and the FTC is, of course. <laughs> why? Why? How, why do you know that? Are you spying on Americans, Rafty? <laughs> of course He's not. not. Actually, in Austria right now. He's actually <laughs> in Austin, Texas. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, you know what the Federal Trade Commission does, or what it's supposed to do, Rafty? Mm, I always hear about it when it comes to mergers of companies and stuff. And yeah. you say yeah, mergers that's, or that's, mergers? Mergers. Okay. Some murders I, of companies. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, hard no. to murder a company. Um, <laughs> you have to make them send they, email. All right. But, so, they are, but they are people, according to the Supreme Court. <laughs> a corporation is a legal person. It's a different thing. <laughs> um, all right. So, yes, one of the things in the FTC charter is to um, ensure that consumers retain good value and aren't losing out on um, the benefits of a free market because of unfair trade practices. So for instance, if two giant companies in a single industry merge and become a monopoly, the FTC is there to protect us. Now this has never ever happened, but the FTC still exists. One of the other things that the FTC exists to do is uh, to protect us from uh, shoddy consumer products. Uh, when the FTC was first created back in the 1970s, there were a lot of really cool toys that theoretically could have hurt or killed children. Oh, you're talking about jarts? Jarts! <laughs> uh, Is that the topic? Lawn darts. It, these were stainless steel missiles with fins on them. And you throw them in the air and try to get them to land in a ring on your grass on the lawn lawn darts oh yeah darts. of course it makes sense yeah okay jarts jarts was the other uh trade name for them now in the apocryphal stories that i've heard and i don't think ever really happened kids would just throw them up in the air and try to catch them and then impale themselves with a jart right oh that's 100 percent. yes i grew up in the mountains yes that happened 100 percent. okay <laughs> Um, and yet there are still hillbillies. So evidently it wasn't doing its intended job. Um, now, the FTC came in and said, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't have a product that's fun because kids are stupid. They might drive into a wall or send an email with sensitive material. So they outlawed fun toys. Um, there was a Battlestar Galactica Viper that shot out a little pellet that was supposed to look like a laser ray and you'd hit the button and the spring-loaded thing would fling the pellet across the room theoretically some three-year-old stuck it in his mouth and fired it down his throat now i don't know again the veracity of these claims but that got they had to modify that toy and make it suckier um famously the uh, boba fett uh, figure from star wars when they released the it had a bullet fired out of the back of it. Yep. Yeah. But when they yeah. actually released it to the public, it was glued in place and would not move because they were afraid a kid would shoot his eye out with it. Do you not know this, Rocky? So, Rocky's looking at us. No, like, I don't know. I thought yeah. I, I thought the water slide thing. This is the one that springs to my mind. When the slip and slide or something like that. Yeah, because I had to have one of those as a kid, and um, I don't know if they still sell it in Austria. Um, because of course okay, we're Europe. Slip and slide is awesome. Okay, maybe it's just an European thing that they they have went away. I don't know, but I, I saw something about that, and it's always like some fun, as you said, some fun toy has been like pulled back because somebody made some stupid stuff with it, and you're like, okay, well, exactly, exactly, and this happens a lot. So, the FTC now wants to regulate AI. Oh, oh gosh. gosh. 
nothing wrong will, will happen out of that, I'm sure. <laughs> the head of the current head of the FTC is named Khan. <laughs> as in what Bill Shatner? As in Wrath of, yeah. <laughs> as in Genghis, you know, um, Kubla. Yeah. And and uh Khan says, and I'm quoting here. As companies race to deploy and monetize AI, the Federal Trade Commission is taking a close look at how we can best achieve our dual mandate to promote fair competition and to protect Americans from unfair or deceptive practices. So Meaning exactly what? I'm not sure. I don't know what Khan is saying there. So if you have an AI large language model company, you have to register with the FTC so that they can verify that you're not stepping on another AI's intellectual property or what? I don't think so. No, no, I think it's the opposite. If okay. they can only find two AI large language model companies, they won't let those two get into bed with each other. Mm. Mm. Okay. I, I think I think that's what Khan is saying. And Khan is also saying if the AI shoots lawn darts uh out of its backpack, they're going to stifle AI. I, I I just don't understand how in the world she thinks she can actually do this and what makes the FTC the proper government vehicle. If AI does have to be regulated, how the hell is it the toy regulator who's gonna come in and fix things for us? Um, maybe to have some positive thing about like, and fairly recent, I think the FTC ruled uh, in the same way as um, I think the UK government back in that day. Um, I think the FTC also blocked the ARM NVIDIA merger. Just because we're talking oh, about AI and it's sort of relevant there as well, because NVIDIA tried to buy ARM, um, which of course would have made them like made potentially even stronger in the AI game. Uh, maybe I think last or two weeks ago, Nvidia also reached like was traded for like market cap uh, above one trillion dollars as well because they re on Computex they released their first CPU. Nvidia is known to do graphics cards, but they now produce ARM CPUs designed for AI, and the FTC um, blocked uh, Nvidia being able to buy ARM outright now. ARM gets some of the shares for the licensing of the CPUs NVIDIA is building, but otherwise they would not have Why? To, to share the revenue of that. Why is that a good thing? Stopping the merger? Because uh, yeah. Apple, of course, is licensing as well. ARM is uh, sort of like the Switzerland of computing, you know? Um, so they are They're doing stuff for everybody. Uh, I, th I'd like, I like that. <laughs> Like, okay, you like that, so somebody shouldn't be allowed to buy or sell vertical. their own company? How's this, Rothy? When you go to buy safing or when you go to sell safing to somebody else, I get to say what I like and what I don't like. Even though I have no stake in safing whatsoever, I'm just another citizen of the planet, and I get to tell you how you can or cannot sell your company. See, this is this there the issue in there is, and this is um oh, this could be a half an hour or longer conversation. <laughs> no. But it's like if you start regulating, it's difficult to stop. As long as soon as you start, as you start protecting intellectual property, um, and this is what ARM has a lot of intellectual property. This is the only value they have intellectual property. As soon as you start protecting that, you know, which I think is a good thing, um, being able to sell and buy it, um, so that it can be restricted and cut out by somebody else who now is the new owner. This is starting to get difficult. And um, especially with, with the If times. I want to buy it and I want to shut the company down and I have enough money and the people who created that are willing to sell it to me, who the hell are you to tell me I can't do that? I just feel like it's it's an in converse, it's an ongoing conversation. It's It started with... I have a cool idea and I want to sort of like help others to profit from it as well. But I want to make sure that I can reap, um, like get some bad money in return. And the government says, well, we, we allow you to do that, uh, to share it whoa, and to get whoa, money whoa. in return. The this government is... doesn't allow me to come up with ideas. No, I, no, no. I, I'm but sorry, that's a very share European them publicly. Thing. 
share them publicly. No, no, no. I would not say so. Uh, I'd say like with patterns, uh, patents, that's what it is. It's sharing an idea publicly that others can build on it. And with the government stepping in and saying, well, but you can enforce um, uh, the other, like you can get money You're back. You're talking about intellectual it. property legal protections, which are- Patents, yeah, which are exactly. Patents, and copyrights, this... trademarks, and trade secrets. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Like, no, yes, trade yes. secrets. Trade secrets. I agree that like and this would be the alternative. T trade right. secrets. Yes. Yes. You know, and with no legal protection, with the government not being involved. But those, are, course, but, but those are only civil protections. All they are is establishing torts, saying that I, as the owner of intellectual property, can sue somebody else, and the court will recognize my claim. It's not saying that the government is a partner in my process. It's not saying that the government is involved, or that it, or that it establishes quality of a given idea all it says no, no, is no. we recognize that you have ownership of your idea exactly and we we of course help you in enforcing your ownership of that and sort of like and now because i i feel it is it, it's not a help it's only a recognition that's all it is i, I i'm serious I, I, and if we started letting government get into that business then yes you'd you'd be in a very dangerous situation where the government is playing arbiter with other people's ip but for instance i've created the wannabe material if a competitor comes along to me and says here's 2.4 million dollars give us all your stuff because we're shutting you down we don't want to compete with you i'd gladly sell them the fucking thing and i should be allowed to nobody should be allowed to say oh it's not fair to students ben's material is superior and if it gets shut down students won't learn as much tough darts students go get your own material make your own stuff I'm the owner of it, and the government or the citizens should not tell me what I can or cannot do with my own brain and my brain child. Sorry, Rafty, I, I, I'm not seeing this, and I really don't want Khan anywhere near AI. I, I understand. I just wanted to say, like, we don't have to go into detail. Um, maybe then to to say, because there's another uh, merger that the FTC has approved, I think, but the UK government said no, was the Microsoft Activision Blizzard uh, merger uh, or not acquirement. Because if people don't have games, that will be the worst thing in the world. Oh, Absolutely. no, the, the so, horrors. The UK said for government is there to save us. The UK said no to this. And of course, their only legal repercussion would be to uh, ban Microsoft from selling like Activision Blizzard stuff. This is the dumbest. I'm sorry. Can we I say that this is good? I'm just saying <laughs> we have I'm not we've saying had, that is a good idea. I want you to be clear had on two that. wars with England. And, and I think we're ready for a third. I think it's OK. We should go colonize them. All right. I just wanted to sort of like explain how at least I understand why those mergers have to be approved and what the reasoning can be in, in certain regards. And I, what I'm saying, even though you disagree in regards to patents and in regards to the government's involvement, I understand that because of patents, they see it as their duty to sort of like be involved or see themselves involved. And I think this is the reason why they're maybe it's not. Yeah, maybe government justifies just government to... in all sorts of ways. You are correct. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay. and like a vampire, once you let them into your house, they can start sucking your blood. You are correct in that. Regard. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Uh, does anyone have any other announcements or anything before we wrap up? Nope. No. Uh, I got one big announcement. Wanna Practice has entered its first partnership for um, uh, bulk access to the Wanna Practice app. The Cyber Bytes Academy in Quantico, Virginia, is now offering Wanna Practice app access, um, uh, sixty days of access gratis to all of its students. So I want to say thank you to Cyber Bytes. Uh, we're looking forward to a long-term partnership with them and uh, hoping it goes very well for their students as well. Yeah, I saw that you posted that on LinkedIn yesterday, I think it was, and I was like, oh, wow, that's a, that, that's a good deal. And of course, I don't expect to actually get any news from you firsthand. I expect to get all of my news of anything that Ben is actually doing that is of any consequence through a third party API and not from, <laughs> not from his actual voice. <laughs> You're just lucky I don't charge you 24 cents each time I do it, man. <laughs> this is as close as you get to camaraderie and friendship. Um, Although I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to getting a chance to throw quarters at your face every time I wanted to talk. The to FTC you. would step in and say that's a toy that is not safe <laughs> for children. Consumer harm here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, until next week, I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty. And I'm Rafael Fiedler. 
Join us again for another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. Hey there, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, boy, that's a lot of letters, or other InfoSec certifications? Go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com. That's spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A-C-I-S-S-P.com. We are on Discord. Engage with us by searching for the channel wannabeacissp. Feedback or questions on what we discuss? Send a good old-fashioned email to Ben at benmaliso.com. You may hear a shout-out or your feedback on a future show. We're all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. Support Joey's company, Blue Edge Networks, at blueedgenetworks.com, and listen to Joey's podcast called Topic of Choice at topicofchoice.com. Join us on Reddit at slash r slash ssoi underscore fans. All opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and for entertainment purposes only. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies, affiliates, employers, guests, or even each other. No advice given here should be followed without consulting with a professional for any specific InfoSec situation you may experience.